Sarah, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? I am great. I'm I'm so glad that we're getting to do this together. I've been following you for a long time. I've been reading uh, your your content and your articles for a long time. Uh, I love your writing. So this this is exciting for us to get to, to to sit down and talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, we were just talking about let let let's start with the the hot topic of the moment, which is which yeah. is our good friend generative AI. I, I love how you put this of, of being uh, kind of hot and cold on on this. So let's let's pretend to be on the hot side for the moment. Okay. So, yes. So what what are you excited about with uh, with the potential with generative AI or or the reality, whatever? No, yeah. So you know, so again, like I I do, I run really hot and cold on it. Like some days, I am just like, this is going to change the world. This is will absolutely change everything how we like interact. You, know, it's it's on par with Web two point It's on par with you know, a mobile technology. Just you know. It'll be one of those things like it, it'll just become so ingrained in how we interact with knowledge and information that we'll forget what life was like beforehand. Um, and then it's, you know, some days I'm just a kind of just like sick of hearing about it, especially because like so many, you know, a lot of the things coming out are like, oh, this will help you draft something or, you know, I, and again, because this is why initially I really was not interested in, in any of this because I like staring at a blank page, a piece of paper and like brainstorming and writing and creating. Um, so the idea of like editing something a computer wrote, I was absolutely not interested. Um, not worried about being replaced by <laughs> technologies. Like, I just like doing it. I drive, you know, I like to drive manual transmission. I am very much a control freak. Um, but now seeing, you know, some of the tools coming out, like, okay, I, I get it. But also like the things I'm really excited about how it could do, A, from the access to justice point of view, because there are so many, you know, just taking like a <laughs> you know, crap load of content, which is not very professional, but you have like all these, you know, regulations and laws that non-legal professionals need to access. You think you're a small business owner and you just kind of want to know some regulations for your business, but you don't like reading the CFR is not really practical for anyone to understand what's going on. But if you had like some way you could talk through it, you know, have you ask it questions and it you know, provides an answer, that seems really cool. And also just the idea of like organizing and summarizing, you know, for, and when I say access to justice, that's also one of those things that I think a lot of people think of, you know, like a single mother getting kicked out of her apartment <laughs> and that's access to justice. And it is, or, you know, someone, you know, on death row trying to get, you know, their final appeal. And that is, but there's so many people who can't afford an attorney and they don't really need an attorney. Like it, it'd be dumb to pay $250 an hour for someone to summarize a CFR for you, but it's vitally important for their small business or just their, you know, I want to put a fence in my backyard, but trying to access the zoning code is really hard, you know? So it's just stuff like that is exciting. But also because I'm a librarian and a data person and otherwise, you know, spend my life thinking about taxonomies and metadata, I know so much has to be in place before these systems are used. And it gets, you know, I just think like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be well, such now, a missed opportunity by legal if we don't get our houses in order ahead of time. You know, right. it's like, you're, you're, it you're tackling their, you uh, it. 
Yeah, that's an issue that I think is is really undervalued, which is the the effort that needs to go in the data, the, the data hygiene. Like it create it takes great data management for this stuff to to work if it's going to work. Yeah, and I I mean I, I'm kind of I don't I don't know not type A, but like I am very anal retentive organizing. Like I just like doesn't everyone have like 20 email folders that they file every email as soon as they get it, and doesn't everyone have like file folders and subfiles in their you know, just personal document system? And I after 15 years of professional life, including in libraries, I've realized no. <laughs> you know, like, ever. <laughs> I always love when I'm doing a Zoom call with someone. I have to like really, I mean, I have one of those faces that just like completely says what I'm thinking. But you know, when doing a Zoom call and they're sharing their screen and like, A, if I see like more than two rows of tabs, I'm just like, oh, get what are you doing with your life? But then like they collapse their screen, you see their desktop and it's just, you know, files and and icons and it's just you know, I, I like I physically recoil when I see that. <laughs> And then just realize that people are just living their life this way. <laughs> just like, and then you multiply that times how many thousands of attorneys and legal professionals there are in the world. It's just like, oh, we're never going to get these tools to work. <laughs> you know, it's just, well, it, it makes the okay. it makes the KM professionals and firms much, much more valuable. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of, I mean, that's the thing that's I mean, again, I mean. If I were to do a list of exciting things about LLMs and um, you know generative AI, and then the not exciting, the fact that it you know everyone's saying like I mean for years it feels like librarians and knowledge management professionals have been you know not really appreciated and like and also like so many things like well everything's on the internet you don't need a librarian now it's like oh no um, just today like literally two hours ago I guess you the the case text integration for Westlaw is rolling out or Westlaw Precision, I don't know. It's either like Westlaw's homegrown LLM or how they're integrating um, case text is rolling out. But someone just like in the law, I'm in, a, I'm in the private law libraries group on for as a member of the uh, American Association of Law Libraries. And then, you know, that's a real, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's such good information. And I, you know, it's kind of nice that it is kind of a private listserv. You know, someone just said, noted, I used it. I asked, you know, I worked with it. They get me, got me some really great cases, but I went back to my old Boolean searching and I found like three more cases. And guess which ones the attorney cited? It was the one, those were like the much better one, you know? So A, I think as part of all this base layer of work that has to get done, prep work, you're very much like cooking the mise en place. You got to get all your, you know, stuff cut up and ready to throw into the pot. You know, there's such work that has to get done before that, that we're going to need people who have an understanding of knowledge management and how information is found and used. So there's just going to be an implosion or an explosion of need for librarians and KM professionals. But also just, you know, like, we're, we're, it, it, there's like, at some point, the work will be good enough for, by these tools. But at right now, still humans are providing a lot of great work that has not been met by these tools yeah no it hasn't now of course it's very it's very early and in oh, the big yeah. picture you know the big picture I, I i agree with you and the idea that this is this is uh, ai in general is is as significant as the internet but short term there's a pretty big gap between 
what the way people are talking about it and the and the reality of what the technology can actually do today right and the problems yeah. that exist in that technology right now yeah and even you know it was Nikki Schaefer who I work with work for um she just posted I think it was on LinkedIn today just the idea that people are trying to nail down you know products and like internal tools made with these models but the models keep changing and like how like it's so I mean it's really kind of shocking to remember like how early days we really are because it seemed like all of a sudden it just like a light switch flipped and everyone's like well this is how the world is now we're going to be using these tools um but also it's really funny because I'm now like old enough like I (laughs) I feel like I've been feeling my middle age a lot lately that I do remember from even more so, you know, like the, you know, both like when Web 2.0 kind of hit in 2006, and then again, mobile technology, 2009, 2008, how like everyone was coming up with an app or everyone was like coming up with some sort of tool using Web 2.0 that people were adding content to, or like a new social network or a new, so, you know, and it's funny, like every time I like log into LinkedIn or use Blue Sky, someone's like, hey, you know, now that OpenAI has that you know, developer tool set thing that's available, like I made a chat GTV bot using this, you know, and it's great, but also it's like, you know, like 99.9% of these will never see the light of day after like six months, you know, you know but it's, it's great to see people experimenting. I, I actually really love that about it, this world. Um, but it's also just like funny just to see like, oh, we're having this big explosion and then like, 99% are not going to survive and be actually used after a year or come to anything out of it. But it's, it doesn't mean it's wasted effort, but it's just kind of funny to see all this experimentation and everyone kind of like suddenly excited about things again. But also like with the apps, like nine <laughs> of all like phone apps ever made, like 95% of those didn't need to be an app. <laughs> it need to be an app and it never got used. Uh... Yeah. And I, I think AI is going to be so much more useful when we don't talk about it as AI anymore. And LLMs will be much more useful when nobody's using that acronym and it's yeah. just built in. Like everybody uses AI today, but you don't talk about it that way. I mean, if you you used Google Maps, you used AI. If you're running Outlook, you used AI. You just don't think of it that way. And so right. it's that deeper embedding that's really going to make it uh, valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so funny how, you know, again, not being a computer science person, but no, it being like on the edges of technology and stuff. Like for so long, it was like, nothing's ever going to pass the Turing test. <laughs> like something about chat like actually the Turing test is, we're a lot more gullible than we thought we were, I guess. But just like how people are like, oh, it, it's talking to me. It, it knows all these answers. It's writing this stuff. And it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's using predictive probability to like guess what the next word is going to be, but how people who absolutely should know better are are really just like mystified by it. And I don't know if it's the chat function that's doing it or the fact that it goes so fast, relatively speaking, that you know, you're just, you know, if you're doing like you know, you're texting and it like suggests the word or you're using an outlook. But here it's like five paragraphs in 30 seconds or even less than that. Maybe that's what makes it so magical seeming to people, but it's funny how it just really captured the imagination. But I think it's also, you know, the fact that with like with, you know, Web 2.0, not so much, but like with mobile technology, you really had to have some tech chops to build an app. I mean, there, there did become some like app builders after like a year or two, but this was made like 
anyone can just like make an account on OpenAI's website and start playing around. Um, which is exciting. Like, I love that. Like, I, I mean, don't put, like, I don't love it when people are putting client data in there or, you know, <laughs> filing stuff with courts that they get out of that. But it, it, I love the fact that people are, the interface is comfortable enough that you don't have to be a techie to use it and experiment. And, and you know, again, it's like Web 2.0, how that really kind of lowered barriers to entry. This is basically Web 2.0 for data analysis is how I've been thinking of it. Well, and, and that, that point you just made about the chat user experience, I think is really important. And uh, I think that's an underappreciated element of generative AI, that that user experience is going to be very valuable in lots of other contexts, just because it is a big jump forward in NLP of actually being able to understand what it is you're saying, and therefore having the computer be able to help you, even if it's not generative AI after that point, that is what's creating the right. response. It's the part of understanding you that that is uh, could end up being just as big of an advance. Yeah, and I think also just that it's less scary to ask a computer a question. I mean, that was one of those, you know, I, I went to law school first and then I became a librarian. And one of the better things to come out of becoming a librarian is that I lost any sort of ego about asking questions because everyone asked me questions for, you know, I, I get asked questions when I was a practicing librarian. I got asked questions all day. It's not a big deal. But I remember like prior to that, um, and again, this shows how old I am. I would drive around, like instead of like stopping at a gas station to ask directions, never would do that. I was too stubborn and I would you know, try to force will it. And I think that's, you know, kind of again, one of the nice fun benefits of this tech type of technology is that it really like, it's just you privately asking questions and privately getting questions. You don't have to worry about embarrassment, especially, you know, in a law firm environment, you know, like junior attorneys, associates who are scared to look dumb, look dumb in front of your computer. No one's going to know, but you don't have, like your partner will never know that you had no idea what this meant. And it like the idea that it's a way for people to self-educate in a more comfortable, um, less intimidating environment, I think is really kind of interesting and how that's going to affect um, new lawyer training, new lawyer, you know, professional development. That's kind of fun. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting insight. Yeah, and also just like for, again, members of the public. And I think like those of us who work around attorneys every day and or who may be attorneys forget how scary it is to be an attorney to the outside world. Like people like <laughs> people think attorney and they don't think someone sitting in, you know, wearing sweatpants and a tie-dye shirt in the middle of the you know, spare bedroom in Indiana. They think like someone who wears a suit and, you know, is gruff and, and costs $500 an hour to talk to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just really humanizes the ability to get at legal knowledge and legal information for people. And it's less, you know, again, also a lot cheaper than going into an attorney office or going even like that was one of the things with being a librarian, like how intimidated people would be to come into a law library if they were a member of the public. And, you know, and we make it that way. And like, you know, we've got all the books, all the West reporters that look the same, that, you know, it's like a very intense environment for an outsider. And that this kind of makes a new front door for a library or a, a legal services organization that people can get the information and knowledge they need without having to physically be anywhere, but also emotionally be anywhere that might be kind of hard for them to be. So what what do you think of uh, uh, Brian Inkster's uh, 
pushback on generative AI. He's, you know, he's a wonderful curmudgeon when it comes to some of this new technology. Document automation has been available and legal for 30 years, and it's implemented at some level, but but not anywhere to the extent that it could be used, right? Like th there could be huge advances okay. that come from document automation, and that has not happened. So why why is this new shiny thing going to be going to be any different? No, I mean he's not wrong. Like that's the thing, and that's why I always kind of feel like I get excited, and it's like, oh right, you know, the fact, and especially because. Like with document automation, you have to have your templates and everything kind of your, you get your mise en place, your everything all chopped up and ready to go. And then also you have to have your attorneys use it. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing like, you know, Greg Lambert, who is a uh, law firm librarian out of Texas, um, known him for years, he's a good guy. But he always says like, all problems are communication problems. And I kind of, you know, very much so, yes. But also like, Almost all legal tech problems are actually human problems, you know, so like it's not, you know, again, like with that, the thing that everyone talks about, that lawyer who used chat GTP to write a brief and it turns out everything was wrong and they lied to the court. It wasn't chat GTP's fault. It was never meant to do that. It was his fault that he did it. Right. And like the fact that document automation software is not used is not the software's fault. And it's not, you're not necessarily even a problem that's not used, although it's just, it could be used and it'd be great if it was. It's because, you know, for whatever reason, the attorneys and other professionals that have access to the software, either, you know, they weren't trained on it, they don't see the benefit to use it, they don't enjoy the process of using it. You know, there is something there that the people are not taking advantage of it. And it's not necessarily that they're wrong, but it's just, it's not happening. There's something we need to look at the people part of the equation, not necessarily always the software part of the equation. And that, you know, and that's the thing, like, there's a great possibility, and that's what kind of makes me sad about ChatGTP and LLMs and all these tools, is that because there is so much work that has to go into getting it to work right and getting it to, you know, be trained on your data, and your data has to be ready to go, and every, you know, it it might end up being a huge wasted opportunity, you know, because you know, especially in the on the access to justice front, where, you know, so much knowledge that a member of the public might need is just not any way accessible that could even be trained. I mean, it's it's really scary. This is one of the things I've worked on in my life is that getting access to primary law, like as you think in America, especially, that it'd be super easy to know what law governs you. And it's like, even like you, when I started all this madness, like 15 years ago, it was really, really hard to get things even like case law and and legislation from the national level, let alone at a state level. And that's improved so, so much, but it's still really hard to even find like your local city ordinances or your local zoning laws, or, you know, Carl Mellon has done great work getting, um, you know, like bi building codes and those sorts of things are all just kind of called incorporated by reference. You know, it's a, a private industry will create a code, like this is how fire, you know, we call it fire retardant or fire extinguishers have to be made. And then they, they, like the private industry builds and they sell it for money. But then like the government says, oh, we're just incorporating all this by reference. But it's, you still have to, to actually access it. You have to buy, pay several hundred thousand dollars sometimes. Um, so yeah, he's working to make that now. <laughs> like, no, if it's incorporated by reference, it's public law and needs to be accessible. But yeah, I mean, there's like still huge amounts of data locked away. Like not even like 
even then, like to the point that it could be understood by tech, you know, software and parsed and then recombinated and spit out through a interface using an LLM. Um, so yeah, there's so much prep work that has to get done that it's entirely possible it will be like, you know, how document automation tools just aren't used as often as they could be. Um, all that all that prep yeah. work just reminds me so much of of, docu of the document the challenges with getting document automation really fully deployed. Yeah, and I, you know, and that's the thing. Like, realize you know, one of the things having started off more on the small law world and then moved to big law, like realizing like you know how many templates like a firm would have. You know, it's just overwhelming to think of. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just so much work <laughs> and, and that's the thing it's it's again you know, because it's not like exciting you know, doing doing the drudgery of organizing you know people kind of want the, the the immediate payoff like here's a brief or here's a contract you know and like no you got to really break it down and and tag it <laughs> so the, there's know, another uh not not exciting area that 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 all this really applies to that i'm passionate about which is which is uh, all of the all the back office functionality that just keeps firms running. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, like well, I have this idea that I hope someone steals and does. But like one of the things I would love to see, you'll get. So you have like many things that I'm really I can only have like so many passions, and I feel like I have a lot. But the things that really get me excited when I start talking about it, you know, one is access to justice, especially you know, people who just can't afford attorneys for basic you know, issues or don't need an attorney for that issue, but also just like new lawyer and, and old lawyer, um, professional development. And you know, one of the things I think would be so much, so fun in a way is like, say you upload a document to your net documents, or your iManage account. This is, oh, hey, this is this type of document. And these frequently require redaction. Do you know how to redact? <laughs> no? Okay. So we're going to like now you know, tag into our, you know, our Skillburst account or our you know, other sort of like CPE, you know, professional development service that we pay money for that no one ever looks at. Here's a five minute video on how to redact this document. You know, this thing that just tie your different external systems together, but how it can make, you know, lawyer, new lawyer happiness better. Um, and also just like the tools that, because you know, one of the things that I always thought was funny, or not funny, but like awful <laughs> or awful is, you know, new attorneys they're trying to get the you know try to figure out what they're doing and like a partner will kind of find their you know their associate and like give all his work to their associate that associate whereas the associate b is like starving for work but like associate a plays golf with him you know so it's like oh you know so like a way to make i i guess it's kind of like an overarching you know you know subject matter is how can technology be used to make the world more equitable and to like somehow fix some of the mistakes we've made in the past. And if there's a way to take these tools, which are really good at analyzing data and, and finding that like, is there a way to make sure that younger associates are getting appropriate workloads and are work getting, you know, ways of seeing like what skills they have, what skills they need, you know, is there something in there that can be done? But it's all like, and also just like making sure they know how it like, trained on basic skills that we don't teach in a law school, like how to do a timesheet, how to do, you know, you know, make sure you're doing like some of these basic technical skills. Like, do you know how to send a meeting invite an outlook? You know, because I've worked with new grads and a lot of them really don't know how to do that. 
you know, something that's real basic, like how to be an adult, <laughs> adulting.ai. You know, they skip some important things in school, but in the end, if you're at a law firm, you, you still got to enter your time and bills have to go out and money has yeah, to come yeah. in and the, the basic machine has to keep working. Right, right. Yeah. And it's, you know, very, you know, it's been a while since I've taught in law schools, but that kind of basic stuff is just, you got to figure it out on your own or hopefully someone will show you the ropes. But yeah, it's, but like, yeah, if it doesn't get done, you don't get paid. And that's really important. <laughs> yeah. So another area that, that, that is, to me, is really related to this is, is standards. And uh, Sally's a great, a great example of that, which I know you uh, have a lot of appreciation for. So let Let's chat about that for a moment, because I, I think that's I think that's huge to have a standard taxonomy in this market. No, I mean, that's. The, yeah. So I can't believe how successful it's been. I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I first heard about it was before I came to Rain and Court, even where I was just, you know, kind of I've always, you know, again, really like taxonomies, really like organizing things, really like open content and open, you know, things that make it easier to collaborate outside of your organization. and you know, I always say we fly farther and faster together, you know, just try to, what are these tools out there that can do that? And the fact that Sally having a standardized taxonomy for students it could be everything connected to the world, world of law um, is going to be so, so helpful. And, you know, I grew up in a town of 900 people <laughs> in Appalachian, Ohio. And so I get so like, one of the things I like, pitch myself about is like how I get to work with people from all over the world. And that's really like the fun thing about legal tech is that it is international. Um, a lot of like you know, law stuff, you can't even like leave your state here in the United States, you know, but in, you know, legal tech is international, but you again, like every jurisdiction does things a little differently. We call things different things. And the idea of having a taxonomy that would just kind of like smooth the edges and make it, you know, a universal translator between organizations, between countries, between, you know, various types of, you know, technological things. It's really exciting. Um, and it, it will make your, because that's the thing, you know, I, we were talking before the show that I kind of came to this world as, you know, started off as an academic law librarian. And this is 2006, 2007. And at that point in time, there really was Lexis and Westlaw. And the power balance was kind of skewed. And, you know, that was the a, I was like, start off my career kind of like not scared of vendors, but also just like feeling like they were this you know, giant that just stomped all over the smaller libraries and we didn't have a good relationship. And a part of it was because like they, you know, Westlaw and Lexus went on a buying spree in like the late 90s and early 2000s and, and just consolidated pretty much every legal publisher in the United States. And so I've always been, you know, hesitant about consolidations. Um, one of the benefits of a consolidation, such as like what Latera has been doing the past few years, is that in theory, all these different tools work together. <laughs> like all the Latera suite works together in theory. And same thing with Blessed, you know, like all their little product, you know, things work together. Um, but the fact that a standardized taxonomy will allow you to maintain, you know, if you don't want to buy the Swiss Army knife of legal tech, you want to have your separate spoon, knife, and fork. You can do that and they can still all interact and all your systems can still talk together if we have a standardized kind of taxonomy between them. Um, one of this tortured metaphor I've been using for literally 10 years at this point is Disney World. <laughs> so I actually, for people who went to Ilticon this year, um, you made it over to the Magic Kingdom. Um, 
you know, there's different worlds in Disney World. There's like Land of Tomorrow, there's Frontierland, there's the, the fairy tale world. And they're all kind of separate. But what you might not know is that underneath Disney World or Magic Kingdom, there's a series of tunnels. And that's why you never see Mickey taking a smoke break or really too much like anything unpleasant <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom because they send it all to the tunnels. And in law, you know, we have big law, we have small law, we have the courts and stuff, but we have our tunnels underneath and that's all knowledge and data and, you know, all these different pieces of information and data that have to talk to each other. And that's what legal tech is in some ways, but you need like a standardized way for all these things to talk to each other or they wouldn't, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm thrilled to death with the progress of Sally. Kudos to everyone who's been beating that drum and, you know, again, Damien, who's been on this road show for like two years. <laughs> and it's really, I think, you know, the fact, once I saw that they had iManage and Thompson and that document signed on, and then plus like a bunch of big law firms, um, I, I think what Tara signed on too, I don't want to not <laughs> include them as well. You know, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to work because you know, once you get these, you know, it's kind of like in, in academia, like once Harvard and Yale say they're going to do something, everyone does it. Right. <laughs> once yep. you have Thompson and signed on, okay, <laughs> I am just doing it. All right, we'll, we'll do it too. We'll make sure well, we, we can talk to that. We, we, we've got to get rid of all those little individual tunnels and have some shared tunnels to, to yeah, make, exactly, uh, yeah. make that work, right? That's, yeah. That's I the mean, key. In I mean, I think like you, know, if I had any advice for a new legal tech company, is just to make sure you can work with that kind of data and make sure you're not going to be a little island in in a greater universe of a law firm or a greater universe of a legal organization because you will eventually be voted off the island or you just will no longer be there. Which, which will be good. So so last last uh, subject for you. So you're working at at uh, Legal Tech Hub now and you have you have this experience with legal tech vendors for a long time. So just what what are your what are your thoughts about what's happening in legal tech as a as a whole? You know, the one thing I think is so funny, you know, especially when I came from small law, access to justice world at the ABA and, and, and legal ed, and I got a job at Rainin Court, and I was like, this is gonna be amazing. Cause like you know, honestly, like my most of my firsthand knowledge of big law, like I, I knew about it, but like in-person observation was like when they a big law firm would host a legal hackers event and I'd be like, oh wow, they have Pellegrino in their, <laughs> in their break room for people. This is fancy. And so I assumed like legal tech for big law would be fancy. And just realizing how much A, so many legal tech vendors are pretty small actually. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's like the ones like, like again, like the I manages and the Lateras that have hundreds headcount. But a lot of them are just like, I always say it's like the world's worst sitcom it's two lawyers and a developer you know because again you know people have like this idea you, you you see like the chattering classes on linkedin and and twitter they're always like oh these legal tech people overpromised and and they're just selling a dream you know and like so many legal tech vendors i've talked to are really just like former practicing attorneys or sometimes they're still practicing and they're like yeah i had this problem like over and over again and i just <laughs> Again, like so many of the like the, the tech guy on these things, they're like a brother-in-law, and they were just like, my brother-in-law was like, we should do a company about this, and they did, you know. And it's, you know, it's it's just like a pain point that they personally had, and realizing like, hey, other attorneys have this pain point, we should fix that. Um, so that's the thing, and also just like again, realizing with big law, 
it's not like, it's still like so much stuff like hinges on an overworked associate, not messing up an Excel spreadsheet that they've been tracking this billion dollar transaction in. And it's just like, holy cow, you know, you know, it's just like realize you know, there's a very famous, um, you know, uh, KXAD, what is it? It's like a web comic about nerdy stuff. And there's this one where it's like this pile of boxes and stuff and everything, you know, it's kind of like very precariously stacked. And like the one thing kind of holding it up and he, like the title is like the internet and like the thing pointed at the one little box holding it up is like this guy named Steve in Nebraska that's been running this, you know, thing, this time clock thing unpaid for 20 years. And like, that's kind of like so many like legal deals. And like the one thing holding it together is this, you know, 28 year old has gotten like 10 hours of sleep in the past week. <laughs> it's an Excel spreadsheet. And that's a thing just like, and again, like just how like, I would say unimpressive legal tech is. And I guess also so maybe that's why people are excited about chat GTP. But like the things that, I mean, it, I don't like it's, it's not that it's unimpressive, but it's like, like a, a practice manager or a transaction management software. It's like, oh, we're just seeing where these pieces of paper are and who's has signed them yet. Okay. <laughs> and, like, and, and it's like, but like when you show a practice attorney, they're like, oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> you know? And I think that was, you know, when I worked at Rain and Court, I, I relied a lot on um, Christian and Sam, who were both practicing attorneys and big law context. And I was, you know, I would like write up my stuff and like run it by them or, you know, sometimes. And I was like, well, if you saw a demo too, like, what were you excited about that? You know, a lot of times like really simple things like, oh, you could like easily compare side by side. And I was like, not the, you know, the natural language processing that the tool used to like, you know, really you know, analyze the contract. Like, no, we can't like see how these side by sides. <laughs> you know, that's easy to use. I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so much of legal tech is really just kind of based. I mean, like, again, yeah, it's not like sending people to the moon. It's just like making sure papers get signed. And <laughs> but that's important and it's good, but it's also just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny sometimes. It's just like, like the innovation is like we're able to find out all the paper that can get signed in a contract. You know, it's like, oh, we found all the signing papers. <laughs> That's actually really, really hard to do. And like how many, you know, just like realizing like not that long ago, like that was done by an associate and piles of paper in a big boardroom and just like walking around those, you know, stack, 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 making stacks of paper. It's like, oh, well, yes, I can see why this is an improvement now. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just. It also means there's lots of, lots of opportunity, right? The... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that why everyone is all of a sudden like with a new wave of AI is all of a sudden things provide an opportunity to get creative. Like nothing was really creative before about legal tech. You know, it's more, I and mean, I don't want to say like nothing was because there's probably something big I'm forgetting about. But like a lot of it's just, you know, e-discovery. It's like, oh, we're just using AI to find, <laughs> find you know, related content that we are looking for. Or transaction management. Oh, we're just making sure everything gets signed that needs to get signed. Um, and like nothing's been forgotten about. You know, but this is all of a sudden like, oh, we could, you know, it's and not even just like the the text generation, but just like also the image generations and like and the idea that you could, you know, create transcript. I mean, just I think it's all of a sudden like a, every sudden, you know, just you kind of like that episode of The Simpsons where everyone's worried they, you know, they had the gray clothes and then it rains and everything becomes rainbow all of a sudden. I think that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Like also we're like, oh wow, there's there's some new possibilities out there we'd never even considered possible, you know. 
Well, there's always a, a pretty significant gap between consumer technology and enterprise technology. And so what we see oh, in big sure. law, right, is is just that enterprise technology applied in this very specific context. And the reason I care so much about the, the plumbing behind that is that it doesn't matter how shiny the surface you put it on top. If you, if you don't actually figure out the glue between those pieces, then the the... The, the rainbow is never going to show through because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have the yeah you have to actually have the data in order for it to work as circling back to where we started no yeah and that's the thing i just you know, again it's like anyone's listening to this it's not too late you can there's always you know you can always get your data in order like it's never you know they you know, tomorrow's the first day of the rest of your life start start figuring out how to do that you know yeah, I think it's one of the best ways in which legal tech can play a role in creating a, uh, a defensible um, competitive advantage for a law firm. Because any any law firm of any size, but particularly when you talk about big law, that does a good job of that is gonna is gonna have such a competitive advantage relative to their peers that 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 is worth investing in. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. And I, I'm seeing how law firms are creating product now, and they always kind of have, but it feels like now there's a lot more external product being created by law firms, or you know, the idea that they're either going to spin it off or just have it part of their like when they're working with their corporate clients as like a you know <laughs> not just like seconding your attorneys, but also seconding your software. Um, so it's kind of an interesting, interesting thing to see, just because. Creating software is different than running a law firm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mildly way to put it. You know, it's yeah. like creating a software product and running a legal tech company is different than running a law firm. So see how that I've been really impressed out. with what some of the innovation groups and law firms are doing. And a lot of that translates into, into technology and applications that connect the firm to their clients. And it makes them very sticky with those clients. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Sarah, this has been a this has been a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to talk to people. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. Great session. Thank you. Thank you.